Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, Hidden Hearing has become a significant player in the hearing aid market since it first entered Ireland. Now, with a dominant market share and plans for further growth, their managing director, Stephen Leddy, joins us on the phone. Stephen, you've actually been working with the company for over 20 years. Good morning, Carl. Yeah, that's right. I, I joined the company as finance director, so I qualified as an accountant in '95, and I was in practice for a number of years, and I was poached by a client in retail, I suppose I was just qualified about a year or two, and that that got me interested in the dynamicism of retail and you know the agility of retail. And I then moved on from there to Hidden Hearing, and um, I've been here ever since. And I became managing director in 2002, so I've been at the helm for quite a while. How has the company evolved and grown over the past two decades? So I, I guess we've we've well we've grown organically. We we never needed to acquire any competitors in the market, but We've certainly over the last, particularly over the last five years, we've changed the way we, we look at our own business. We've changed the way um, we think um, about the market in that in the old days, we used to think about, you know, KPIs and, and, you know, how many units did we sell and what type of hearing devices. Now we just focus on our vision, which is to help more people hear better. And what that does is that creates an urgency to to help people, which in turn fills our diary and then you know the rest follows after that and provide us with an overview of the potential size of the market here in ireland for hearing aids and is it a competitive or very much a fragmented market yes yeah, so, so the market is it's quite hard to get stats on the market i mean we we, we ask the hsc a number of times a year to give us um, information on the number of free hearing aids that they that they provide but the market is circa about sixty thousand units um, it is very fragmented. There's lots of small players, um, lots of independent guys, and then there's some big players. And we'd be, you know, we'd be the biggest in the market with about a 43, 44% market share. But Ireland, along with Finland, has the lowest penetration of hearing devices in Europe. So that means that the Irish people are not addressing their hearing loss. And if you think that, you know, by 2030, over 1.3 million people will be over the age of 60. And we know from studies that one in three of those will have a hearing loss. So there's a significant amount of people in Ireland that are going um, about their daily lives with untreated hearing loss. And what do you think the reason for that is? Well, I guess there's there's a stigma, there's ageism attached to it. So, you know, people still perceive, and I get really upset when I see adverts in papers with massive hearing devices, you know, flesh-coloured hearing devices behind ears, because that's not what the hearing, the modern hearing devices look like. And people still perceive, you know, you have to be handicapped to wear a hearing aid. And I guess now as we understand more about mental health, about, you know, our, our own health and wellness movements, etc., that the stigma is reducing on hearing devices. Hearing devices now have nanotechnology in them, um, and we know we have wonderful studies now that link hearing loss to early onset of dementia, to higher stress levels, to diabetes, to strokes, even to uh, you know social withdrawal, um, isolation. So there are many, many reasons for one to address uh, hearing loss as soon as possible, and we know that it takes 
on average 10 years from the time somebody has a hearing loss to doing something about it. And that's unfortunate. As the technology has become more advanced, have you seen an increase in uptake for hearing aids? Yes, we have, because, you know, years and years ago, people would only get a hearing aid to uh, if they found themselves, you know, turning up the TV or, you know, um, for one for a one dimensional reason. People are, are, you know, at 60 are much younger. They're more active. They do more things. They socialize more. And the modern hearing device now caters for a wider range of hearing loss. So even if you have mild hearing, you could have mild hearing loss and still struggle in social situations like restaurants or boardrooms or, you know, um, any sort of social situation. And speech and noise is the key. So people struggle in noise to hear certain words. And that's what the modern hearing devices now can help with. So, for example, the Oticon Moore, which uh, is probably the world's best hearing device, will sweep the room 360 and that involves deep neural networks so the brain reach so the hearing devices retrain the brain to understand voice understand words and that um, gives much better um, speech understanding for for the hearing aid user the hearing aid market is quite an unusual market in that in some respects you're competing with the hse who are handing out free hearing aids yeah that's true and that's you know that is the same in a number of European markets. The problem is that the HSE's hearing devices are a certain quality. So they're a certain level of technology. You're also, which would be on the lower end, you're also waiting, you could be waiting years to receive a HSE device if you qualify for one in the first instance. So, yeah, we're happy enough to to operate in the market along beside the HSE. There's room for for both of us, there's room for all of us. Um, and the HSE, of course, as they dispense hearing devices, raise awareness of hearing loss, and that's that's helpful for, for everybody in the market. So what ultimately leads somebody from, let's say, having a free hearing aid from the HSE to coming through your doors and looking at spending money on one? You know, we, we position ourselves as the modern hearing care expert in the market. So we de- deliver a personalised, patient-centric service to our patients. If you go the HSE route, you know, you're, I'm not saying you're a number, but certainly um, you're in a queue. Whereas with us, you know, if there's any issues whatsoever, um, you know, we're there for you. Uh, We're in constant contact. We proactively uh, invite our patients in every six months just for checkups to see how they are, for a chat. And so that proactive approach is extremely personalized and um, our patients love it. I'd like you to talk us through some of the innovations that have taken place in that hearing aid technology space in recent years because I was reading an article there recently and it was mentioning about mental health monitoring and speech detection and remote fitting and connectivity to the internet and so on. Provide us with an overview of what's happening in that space currently. So there's a lot of gimmicks out there. There's, I guess, the, you know, the, the wellness movement, the digital wellness movement is all about wearables. So you're, you know, you wear a watch and it, you know, it, it uh, understands how many steps you've taken, you know, it can read your blood pressure. You know, the same is happening with hearing devices to, to some extent in that, you know, the, the modern hearing devices can read your blood pressure, your heart rate. Uh, there, there's even, you know, one manufacturer has a gimmick of it'll translate different, uh, uh, different languages for you. Um, but ultimately, where the um, 
where the real R&D money has gone into is speech understanding and noise. Bluetooth connectivity is almost standard now with most hearing devices and the latest range of devices are, have rechargeable um, facilities. So, you you know, there's no batteries needed to be continually change. You just put them into the charger at night and off you go two or three hours um, and you can you can use them again. But, you know, the nanotechnology now that is in hearing devices is incredible. And our, some of our the top-end devices can connect to the internet. That's absolutely true. Um, and then there's there's various programs that you can use to um, with your hearing devices. For example, you can connect to your Outlook uh, diary. You know, you can have uh, prompts so that if a, you have a meeting coming up, it'll it'll tell your hearing devices that you have a meeting coming up and it'll speak into your hearing devices. And that, you know, that's at the gimmicky high end um, for those who are interested. But really, if you want to talk about advances, it's been able to understand. It's been, it's been able to, to hear almost like a normal, like normal hearing. So, you know, hearing that you would have had before you had hearing loss. And that is speech and noise, speech in different situations uh, and retraining that brain to hear more clarity. And talk to me about the hidden hearing experience during COVID, during the lockdown periods for the business overall, but as importantly in terms of retaining staff during that period. So we were very lucky. So we have a a Danish parent that, first of all, guaranteed all of our jobs, guaranteed all pay. And what we had to do was we we decided we were not going to close. Many of our competitors closed. and we decided we'd go into care mode. So for the three months from March to June the 8th, we, um, we developed a, a, a suite of safety protocols. Uh, we risk assessed all of our clinics to get ready for, for June the 8th. And also, we um, rang every single one of our patients to ask, were they okay? Did they need anything? We sent them out free batteries. We offered free batteries to every single hearing aid user in Ireland irrespective of whether they were a patient of hidden hearing or not, because we know how important it is to continue to be able to communicate, um, particularly in, in a lockdown where, you know, you're living in a micro-environment and, and it's, it's, it's an abnormal situation. So we used the, so we, we had all of our staff, um, the clinics were open for two days a week, but those that were not in clinics uh, and for the other days of the week that we were not in clinics, we provided online training. So we kept the brains of our staff and the skill set of our staff uh, up to speed uh, so that when we came back on the 8th, we were ready, we were open, um, and we we addressed the pent-up demands immediately. As we said at the outset, you've now been operating as the Managing Director of Hidden Hearing for 19 years at this stage. So what has been your approach to creating new revenue streams for Hidden Hearing? Has it been through partnership arrangements, product development, and or market expansion? Uh, I guess... You know, we, 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 we positioned ourselves as premium in the market uh, with a very patient-centric approach. That was where, so we, we, we don't compromise on product technology and we don't, you know, so we, we don't just say, right, it's a race to the bottom, we'll, we'll offer very cheap hearing devices, um, you know, d- irrespective of what the patient needs. So the key to us was the brand. So the brand, so we've invested a serious amount of resource in our brand. And the brand was really important for when we were in lockdown as well. And that's why we, we continue to tell people about um, hidden hearing being available to help. And our brand actually came out stronger. So one of the key to our successes and expansion was a brand awareness. 
So then we we invested over 10 million in a rebranding exercise last year, which saw us uh, launch a new logo, new brand identity, uh, new core values, etc. Um, and then we started on the expansion expansion trail. So yes, we continue to invest in marketing, that increases our brand awareness. Um, we continue to invest in CSR campaigns to raise hearing health up the health agenda, um, and we have our standard, you know, um, strategy of traditional marketing, digital marketing. But I guess the people, our people, have been the key to our success also. In that we invest a lot in our staff. We want our staff to be engaged. We want our staff to be on brands, and um, so that we build that patient loyalty. So referrals are very important to us, and that's where we're going with. Our latest expansion is we're going to um, we're partnering with um, GP, GPs all across the country, primary care centres and individual practices, um, and also we have a a one of the large supermarket chains that we're just about to sign a deal with. I can't tell you about that now, but again, it's another channel to deliver local community services. I can see that making a lot of sense, especially now after coming through the COVID pandemic and accelerating the amount of people that are switching and transitioning to e-commerce. You have a huge presence in rural towns right across this country from a retail perspective. Are you concerned in any respect about footfall numbers on main streets across the country over the coming years? Yeah, well, I... Yeah, I've always been concerned about it, and that's why we have a hybrid model, which is um, we have bricks and mortar uh, in the main towns around Ireland. But in the rural settings, in the communities that are not as large, we are in primary care centres and medical centres. So, you know, we don't have that bricks and mortar footprint, but we are present. And that allows us to, you know, a variable cost to go into a location um, and being able to deliver a service that is cost-effective for us, but still, you know, is premium for our patients. So, I do see footfall diminishing um, in you know all across Ireland. But again, we are by appointment, so footfall doesn't drive our business. And just on that basis, then, Stephen, because your business is by appointment and you're not overly reliant on passing footfall, why are you located on the main streets of? retail towns right across the country paying high rents and high rates as a result? Our target demographic are over 70. So we need to be on a bus route or we need to be in a, in a, in a location where we have easy accessibility. So you'll find us, most of our shops are in centres, but they're not right on Main Street. Um, and I think that strategy is still, um, still works for us, and particularly in you know, the smaller... Not, not the big uh, cities as such, but, you know, the larger towns, we can still get quite competitive rents. Um, and, of course, you know, we can provide a better service in a shop, in a, in a dedicated clinic, because we have more, we have more equipment, we have a, a clinic coordinator, etc. So it's, you know, it, it still makes sense for us to have that hybrid model. And earlier this year, it was announced that Hidden Hearing would be creating 150 jobs in Ireland as part of its expansion plans. What will this expansion look like and what's driving it? Well, demand is driving it. Um, I mean, we have in, in certain, you know, particularly in the west coast of Ireland, we, we just do not have enough audiologists um, to cater for the demand. Um, so, you know, it's, there's multidiscipline, uh, multidisciplinary roles that require, so I need people in, um, 
uh, clinic coordinators, they need audiologists, and there's more people in our marketing department required, support services. Uh, we have a, an internal customer service department. Um, we have an internal contact center. So it's right across the business. It's, it's leveraging that, you know, our, our resources to build for the future. Um, and we're constantly, constantly recruiting. So we have a business in Northern Ireland as well. So it's across both jurisdictions that we're, we're adding um, we're adding staff, we're adding resources, we're adding IT infrastructure, um, etc. So, yeah, it's 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 a plan over five years to to employ an additional 150 people. So we're really really excited about that. It's a very positive outlook. And finally, Stephen, after almost 20 years at the helm of Hidden Hearing, what has been the most important lesson that you've learned over that time? I suppose I have two two thoughts on that, and one is to surround yourself with really smart people. Um, I know when I was young, uh, coming into the business, I thought that I, you know, I could do everything, when in fact the key to the success in the last few years is, is recruiting well, recruiting people who believe in what you do and have that passion and fire in their bellies um, to really you know, deliver on the brand promise and live the core values every single day. That's, that's the first thing. And I guess looking after your people as well. So we've done a lot of work on employee engagement and on building people for success. So when somebody comes into this organization, I say, look, we will develop you. We will build you for success. We want you highly engaged. And the quid pro quo for that is that you, you live our brand values. You give us the very best of yourself. And together, we will make greatness. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Stephen Leddy, the Managing Director of Hidden Hearing, and I'd like to thank Stephen for providing us with a fascinating insight into the ethos of a company that is making such a positive impact on so many people's lives. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.